So, yesterday I was talking more about the perception and sankhara activations, intentions, uh, and of course that's still always there. But also today I'd like to encourage an exploration of the experience of consciousness. <coughs> Visual consciousness, yeah, and so on. And notice what occurs holistically. By this I mean when I see something with my eyes, I know that would disappear if I close them. Don't have to see her anymore. <laughs> I can separate from those visual experiences if I'm just purely looking visually. Yeah. I can look the other way. I'm distant from it. Yeah. It could be I'm two feet distant, I'm 100 meters distant, I'm looking on a screen, I'm definitely distant from that thing out there. That's an object in my eyes. Distance. So visual sense gives us a lot of distance and we can kind of fine-tune our attention to particular details and we can look at things without them necessarily seeing me. Right? So I'm kind of really out of the picture in some ways. This is quite a, a tricky position to be in. Irresponsible. Auditory consciousness, so th- the world is in front of me. What's behind does not exist visually. It's a very limited and distancing experience. Not a lot of relational. It's an object. Now you look at the way the Buddha taught the sense bases, and it's always in the same way. Eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. And if you follow that trajectory, you'll get what's happening. I, very distant, very object-forming, in front of me. I can step out of that. Ears, it's around me. When I listen, it's all around me. It's no longer in front or behind, it's around me. I'm sort of in the middle of it. It's a little more, uh (laughs) uh-oh, because I can be heard. So it's all around me. It's a little more nervy, you might say, a little more sensitive, a little more touchy. A certain emotional heightening occurs in the listening consciousness. Take it a step further. You know, when you smell something, it goes right into you, doesn't it? Bong, sound, so you get this very quick response of, oof. (laughs) (laughs) You want to take it in. So whatever you smell... It's not around you, in front of you. It's a small. It's a small thing that enters you through you deliberately turning your nose to it. It's a small thing that enters you and gives you a kind of quality. So it comes into you a little bit more intimate. So we get a little more reactive to smell. Pungent odors, fragrant roses. It's a certain more stronger feeling. Taste. This is really getting into you. <laughs> wow, what a curry that was. Wow, burnt my mouth out. You know? Taste, just taste that cheese. You know? 
succulent flavours. And of course, you know, the perceptions and feelings that rise around taste are very many. This is why eating, imagine eating if you couldn't taste anything. What a total tedious chore that would be, just chomping your jaws up and down. But it's taste that makes us eat. (laughs) And we get very picky around specific flavours. Imagine eating a pear that tasted like cheese. (laughs) (laughs) So we very highly discriminate because it enters us and something in us knows that's going to go into my body. Now touching, this is getting very close because whatever touches, I touch, touches me. There's no separation at all. I can't touch without being touched. I can see without being seen. I can't touch without being touched. And whatever touches me could cause pain. And it could cause pleasure. So this is quite a heightened sense. You know, touching is a very heightened, provocative sense. And most of the time, people don't touch each other that much because it's so charged. Depending on what kind of touch you want to make, of course. Very heightened. So we're getting much more intimate, much less sense of boundary through those sense consciousnesses. Touch boundary can suddenly you're opened completely through touch. You feel yourself being activated. When you get down to mind, there's no separation at all. You're neither in front of it nor behind it, it's just all up you're in it. <laughs> There's no boundaries. It's just complete immersion, right? In this seeing, thinking, thinking about thinking, reacting, responding, appreciating. You know, it's it, you're to- it's totally in it. There's no boundaries at all. So mind would seem to be myself because it's the one that I cannot form as an object. So it must be me. And it's there all the time. That must be who I am, my mind. Oh, no. <laughs> I finally found my true self and I, <laughs> I don't like her at all <laughs> she doesn't behave and she should be agreeable, satisfactory stable and under my control and she's not any of those must be something wrong with me no? it's just the mind Nothing wrong with you, it's just, it's just mind. Just your mind is doing what it's supposed to do, being chaotic. Nothing wrong with you. <laughs> because when it's processing that amount of data, what do you expect? <laughs> when it's processing sight, sound, touch, odour, and so on, plus its own mental constructions of past, future, self, other, should, ought, would be, could be, nice, nasty. It's like, you know, receiving a thousand Skype calls a minute, (laughs) at least, coming in. So, of course, it's bedlam in there. So, what's... what, What about that, then? Fortunately, heart. Right? Oh, this is just the mind. Mind is like this. 
presence, awareness, don't accept it, don't reject it, don't adopt it as myself, don't condone it, don't excuse it, don't blame it. What arises, what what changes, what shifts, that's our inquiry because uh, there's nowhere else to go. You know, you can rattle around that web of the five aggregates till the cows come home and you'll just be coming to the same basis again and again. Same groups again and again because that's, that's the setup. So it's the only place to go as you be- probably begin to realize from time to time, now and then, or to a deeper extent, and you realize there is a place to go. But you don't get there by getting away. You get there by opening, finding presence. Whatever it takes to be compassionate with something, whatever it takes, you get sense of goodwill forgiveness uh, understanding patience wisdom and it's a model that you can take when you're wherever you are you can't I I don't say you can always get it going certainly is a challenge there because consciousness is such a powerful um, agent but remember, wherever you are, whatever's coming in, that there is that possibility. If we're prepared to pause, wait, <laughs> yeah, check the sense of trying to make things the way I want them to be, people the way I want them to be, and yet not give up. So it's not like, oh, well, who cares? No, that's rejecting. It's, I do care. I care so much for you that I'm not going to try and change you. And instead, I'll listen, open to it, and begin to perhaps relax some of my wishes, hopes, irritations, disappointments. And maybe we'll see what occurs with that. Because try everything else. So, you know, this is a way we come out of those habits into something that's got uh, potentials in it, true potentials. Okay, so let's stop talking. We stop talking. And uh, we'll take up some direct practice. And let's begin with uh, standing, about 15 minutes or so.